0: When we think about the annunciation of our Lord's birth, we usually think of the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. But what we hear today in our gospel about the angel coming to Joseph in the dream is also very, very important. But it's interesting, both of these took place in Nazareth. And you can still go to Nazareth today, and there's a church built over the site of where the angel Gabriel came to Mary. And actually, there are images of Our Lady from all over the world in the walls, But when you go down to the main altar, it's it's over the site of an original church there. There's a stone that has one of the prayers from the Angelus, which is a prayer, remembering when the angel came to Our Lady, that you could pray maybe 6 a.m., noon, 6 p.m. And in that prayer, we talk about how the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. And if you go to Nazareth, on the stone it says, and the word was made flesh here. <laughs> now that's where most people go when they go to Nazareth. There's also another church, though, in Nazareth, over where it's reverenced Joseph's home was. And before it became the home of the Holy Family, it was Joseph's home where he would have had this dream. Now, we don't hear from Joseph in the Gospels, not by what he says. We do hear, of course, by what he does. And how powerful is that? This witness of someone who eventually is conformed to Christ in such an incredible way, such a great saint, and yet we don't know anything he said. We know him from his actions. And hopefully each one of us, that can be said of us, that Christ is known by our actions. But when you go to this church of St. Joseph, over where the Holy Family would have lived, they have windows towards the top of the church like we have here in the gym kind of and they're stained glass and each one has a different title of Joseph my favorite title out of all those is terror of demons how amazing could that be that you're so conformed to Jesus Christ that you are a terror of demons but that's one of St. Joseph's titles and I love it but St. Joseph even though we don't hear anything from him it doesn't mean we don't know his story and even on display in the gospel today, we get this picture of, Jesus, of Joseph's story. And I want to just look at it in three parts. Because this is a story that is needed. Especially during this Advent season when we hear so much from someone who is loud. John the Baptist, the voice in the wilderness, crying out in the desert to prepare the way of the Lord. And now we get Joseph who doesn't say a thing in the gospel. And we need both. And maybe it was the words of John the Baptist to repent that have touched your heart this Advent season and you've come before our Lord and repented of any sins. Or maybe it's the witness of St. Joseph that you need. The first part of his story is a man who simply wants to follow the law, who is righteous, who is now betrothed to a young woman. You know, we revere Mary's parents as St. Anne and St. Joachim Could you imagine, parents, if you have a daughter, to have a future son-in-law like Joseph? It's incredible. He was a righteous man, he was upright. He wanted to follow the law. And like any engaged couple betrothed, they plan this life together. I've sat down with hundreds of engaged couples over 10 years, hundreds, and there's something so special. Of course, it's all the stuff that poetry's written about, which is beautiful, the lovey-dovey stuff. But when I get to sit down with a couple and they tell me about not just how they met, but how they wanna lay down their lives for each other for the rest of their life, it's the most amazing witness. And that's what Joseph and Mary were wanting to do, to lay down their lives for one another he was betrothed to her. His whole future was wrapped up in dying for her. And that's the first part of this story. And as a challenge to us in Advent, we need to look and see where's our commitment? First of all, to God, but then, of course, to those in our lives that we are called to lay down our life for. Where is that commitment? And then the second part of the story, what happens when that's all thrown up in the air? It's a very simple line in the gospel passage this morning. Speaking of Mary, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. You go from them planning this life together of being betrothed to now Joseph, finding out that she is with child before marriage, has this choice to make. The first thing, though, that happens is he has to now prepare a life, somehow even think about life ahead without her. This was always striking to me about St. Joseph. He's willing to lay down his life as a husband. And now he hears this news and he has to start planning Life without her. But that doesn't mean he gets to stop protecting her. And we see his protection on display. Because he was a righteous man, unwilling to expose her to shame, he decided to just keep everything quiet. To be separated from her in a way that would still protect her. So instead of having her brought before the community and potentially stoned, he wanted to protect her. Joseph had a broken heart. I have never met anyone who has called off an engagement or has been divorced that does not have a broken heart. To go from that time in your life where you think, this is it, this is the person I will be with the rest of my life and I'm going to lay down my life, to having that thrown into question, it is heart-wrenching, it heartbreaking, And that's part two of Joseph's story on display in the gospel. Joseph had a broken heart. But instead of taking the path of resentment, and trying to be vindictive. He wanted to still protect Mary. And then we need to look at ourselves. This Advent, where is our heart broken? And how have we responded? Have we acted out of resentment? Have we brought things public that didn't need to be? And have we still protected those that we should? St. Joseph went from planning this life with Our Lady to then planning life without her. And then the divine mercy of God floods in while he's asleep. I love this moment. You know, our archbishop is Joseph. I'm surrounded by Josephs. My grandpa is Joseph. My dad's Joseph. My brother's Joseph. My archbishop's Joseph. Archbishop Nauman has this beautiful devotion to St. Joseph. One time, this was a number of years ago, he asked us to do a novena asking for St. Joseph's intercession, but he prays that novena every day himself. And in his house, he has a chapel, and in the chapel, he has a desk, and on the desk, he has St. Joseph. It's a statue of St. Joseph, not standing up, but asleep, (laughs) lying down. And I love it. And he he puts, like, prayer intentions underneath sleeping St. Joseph. It's this devotion that's developing. It's beautiful. But let's see why. Because in the third part of St. Joseph's story today, after he's willing to commit his life to Mary, but then has his heart broken trying to plan life without her, yet still wanting to protect her, he goes to sleep. And in his dream, the angel comes to him and tells him to take Mary into his home, for it's by the Holy Spirit that she has conceived this child. And she will bear this son And you are to name him Jesus. By giving this name, Joseph is taking our Lord Jesus Christ into his own family, into his own home. They are becoming one household, one family. And look at the results of all this. Now we know the rest of the story. We know that because St. Joseph listened to the angel and took Mary into his home and humbled himself... Everything changed. Now, the psalm that we prayed at Mass today about God's people seeking the face of the God of Jacob comes to fruition in St. Joseph's house. God shows his face to Joseph. God plays on the floor of Joseph. God is snuggled by Our Lady next to St. Joseph. God humbles himself by taking on flesh and submits himself to learning And growing in age and wisdom under the care of St. Joseph. At any point before this in St. Joseph's story, could he have guessed what this would be like? Absolutely not. But once he allows Our Lady into his home and trusts our Lord, his life will never make sense again apart from Jesus Christ. Never will his life make sense apart from Jesus Christ. And it shouldn't. And just go to that moment with St. Joseph where it just strikes him. All of this is real. All of this is real. All the messages of the prophets, all the prayers, the fact that God has not given up on his people, it is all real. And he not only has a front row seat, he gets to have the love of a father. Thanks be to God. This Advent, are we struggling that all of this is real? That God is real? That he reveals his face to us in Jesus Christ? That there is hope in the story of salvation? That salvation wants to come to our homes and in our hearts? If that's where we're struggling right now, admit that to God. Open your heart to Jesus Christ, even if it's wounded. Now, All the empty seats we might have here today, those are, God willing, going to be filled on Christmas. And we're going to be tempted to judge our neighbor. And I want you right now to decide what you're going to do when that temptation comes, because I want you to say a prayer for every single person. Right now, just offer that for all those who are humbling themselves like St. Joseph after a broken heart to come and trust in God one more time. I always love that at Christmas and Easter, that hearts come back and I got to tell you some of the reasons they're away is because they have broken hearts based on what we have done based on wounds committed by members of the church I've seen a lot of that this week actually and I am so grateful whenever that comes to light because God is moving in such incredible ways to bring those wounds to the surface and it hurts to hear them and we need to repent of the ways we have broken hearts and pushed people away from Christ. But thanks be to God, he's still calling them and he's going to use us still to bring the multitudes to the word made flesh. Let us take the example of St. Joseph and allow our broken hearts to be immersed in the mercy of God and to receive the hope of the king to be born. And let us also thank God for John the Baptist, the voice in the desert. So whether you need the quiet example of St. Joseph today or you need the loud challenge of John the Baptist, just know it's all real and it's all worth it and Jesus Christ is coming.